Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Welcome back to Blunt Business, presented by Strainwise Consulting. Thank you again for joining us today. I've been looking forward to this episode for about a month and a half now since I got the chance to schedule this. We are tackling one of the biggest issues, I think, that has always put a cloud on the legitimizing of the cannabis industry to the mainstream uh, fabric. So today I have a guest who we're going to talk more about his company, but we also want to talk about where he has he's offering research and data findings that debunk some of the largest stigmatic stereotypes looming in cannabis to those on the outside looking in and downplaying the amazing progress and potential the cannabis industry holds. And with me to talk about that is the CEO and co-founder of Trees.io, that's T-R-E-E-Z.io. I'm here with John Yang. John, welcome to Blunt Business. Thank you, Ori. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let me get right into the subject. Now, first of all, let's talk about trees. For everybody that wants to know, uh, it's an enterprise quality retail management system. One of the companies, it's one of the companies spearheading cannabis's destigmatization, say that three times, through data, working through top location, multi, top multi location dispensaries in California. Trees specializes in servicing actionable data on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Talk to me about what compelled you to not only compile research data with a company like this, because I know your background is in software, but mainly for the purpose of stomping out the stigmatization in cannabis. Yeah, no, you uh, you summarized that very well, Jorge. Thank you. We are a retail management platform. Um, you know, it got started because we're trying to solve uh, a workflow problem, a retail problem, a compliance problem. We wanted to help our operators stay legitimate, um, collect the right data, um, have the right checks in place, compliance checks in place for serving their patients, for serving now their customers. Um, and it collects a lot of data. If you think about it, uh, every customer, especially in California, every customer needs to be identified uh, in medicinal states. They have to be in recreational states uh, to a certain degree for purchase limit checks and whatnot. Um, but. What, what was surprising to me is uh, a lot of our operators on our platform are collecting this data, not purely just for marketing purpose. They're collecting it because, look, people are coming in that's terminally ill, that are cancer patients, are struggling with X, Y, and Z ailments, uh, and they're actually using our platform to group these ailments uh, and associate them with the products that they procure or that they have in stock. Um, and they want to offer the best type of suggestions and recommendations from their butt senders uh, to their customers, our operators' customers. Um, and it really creates this experience of, look, you're not only going in to buy cannabis because cannabis is suddenly legal, legalized in a certain state or a certain locale, but you're going there for a very good purpose. It's for health. It's for well-being. Um, and there's a lot of data collected to uh, on our platform for subsequent visits when they're coming back. Hey, how did that strain uh, of product um, you know affect you? What were the lab results? What, what were the terpene profiles? What, what was all that detail about the product that made me feel much much better than all the other medicines I was taking at the time? So that you know we do help. Retailers obviously um, stay in business uh, from the compliance side, but we're also helping educate uh, their customers as well. 
very important on compliance and also most importantly because you have to think about the amount of people that need to peruse the data, whether it's people that want to invest or they want to partner, they want to be somewhat involved. Money is important when it comes to this kind of data. The really who you're working with is for distributing any kind of uh, flower, any kind of grows that are out there, working with harvesters, planters, growers. That's very important. Now, I want to run through a number of points that uh, were brought up that you were looking to talk about regarding data compliance in the mainstream of cannabis. And I'm going to kind of uh, summarize some of these here and just get some really get your feedback on these. Now, you mentioned, first of all, using data legitimizes the industry because it helps recognize customer buying patterns, merchandise products, and predicting and and tracking trends. Now, before 2018, it wasn't necessary for retailers to record data in many states. Now, the thing is, uh, there's obviously people that are doing analytics. There's a number of companies that offer information to the broader sense, but Talk to me about the need for cannabis business owners in gathering constant analytics and reports as part of their business infrastructure. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute need. It is, um, you know, a lot of the operators uh, that were in this business maybe five, ten years ago that didn't have a framework. Um, they didn't really invest in infrastructure and systems, um, and they didn't invest in operations. Now that they get the chance. To, to become a legitimate business, they start to understand the need to look at the customer base, look at their product, understand how much they're paying, understand the squeeze on supply, uh, the squeeze on pricing, um, and how do they better manage their business from, from a day-to-day level. Um, so the, the operational uh, analytics is, is of most importance. And we're, we're not even talking about uh, you know predictive or prescriptive analytics. Yeah, let's just talk about reactive, right? So the UV, so certain operators go, hey, we carry 500 different SKUs. That's great. We we have so much th- different things to offer. But if you look at the data, were you able to sell? maybe even half of those SKUs in a given time period, do the rest just sit there and just expire? And then you're, do you even know that they're expired, that they should <laughs> no longer have them on the shelves? Wow. Um, so even even tidbits like that, right, is very reactive in nature, but goes a long way because uh, you don't want your customer to have a bad experience, uh, even though it's a top-notch product, but it's sat there for over 90 days, over maybe almost a half a year. Uh, it's collecting dust. It's literally collecting oh, dust as we're looking at them do um, cycle counts, right? Um, but also about the cost side, you mentioned that, that that's, that's critical. I mean, you used to make very good margins about a year, two years ago. Now with the, with the excise taxation, especially in California where we're based, mm-hmm. um, things got a hell of a lot more expensive. Uh, to stay competitive, you have to lower your price, offer discounts, so on and so forth. Right. But doing it with, without <laughs> understanding of the margins and effects on your business, uh, that's detrimental. Um, but our operators are starting to learn that. I can imagine a couple of things. Number one, with the state of California and the kind of budget grind they might have, looking into the cannabis industry and finding out what other ways can we do to help monetize ourselves out of uh, getting more money from the industry, which always is something that has to be considered when it looks at your look at your balance sheets. The other thing, too, is that, it, I mean, you know, government intervention, not a fan of it because we wouldn't want to have some kind of an FDA influence over anybody looking at expired products and making sure those are off the shelf. We don't need that either. So take that into point. Now, a few more points you brought up. Compliance is key. Measuring metrics and selling through data are some other factors you should mention regarding data compliance in the mainstream mainstreaming of cannabis. So briefly, take me through those factors and how Trees.io contributes to that. 
Yeah, so um, let's talk about labeling, printing. You know, printing is a, is a very simple thing you, you would imagine, but the compliance aspect of labeling and printing, um, you know, that, that's at, almost at its core. You have to have proper tagging, proper attributes, proper information displayed on your products. If upstream from the supply side, um, you were to procure products that didn't have all the labeling requirements, maybe it's lab results, maybe, maybe it's something else, harvest dates, expiration dates, then as a retailer, you need to to fill in those gaps and then print them out. Uh, and then in certain jurisdictions, um, like San Jose, for example, uh, patient labels, if it's sold to a medicinal uh, patient, it needs to, for every product, accompany a patient label. So it, it describes the product, it describes the patient. So if they were ever stopped by you know, law enforcement or whatever it is, they have a, a very accurate um, a record of trail, not only on the receipt, but matching products with those labels printed on top of it. So that's just one example, and that's mm -hmm. kind of you know why we exist. We help with the compliance aspect because these requirements to San Jose may be very different from the requirements in Los Angeles, and definitely uh, very different in a different state, for example, Arizona, where there oh, may yeah. be more details required. Nevada, I think the mo most requirements uh, come from Nevada, where you can't get away with a small, you know, two inch by one inch one inch patient label, you have to go uh, five inch by four inch because there's so much data, data that needs to be printed uh, for every sale. And I can imagine, you know, that I hear even more so these kind of issues in Canada more than anything. I don't know. Do, does trees do anything with any of uh, the specialty owners or businesses in Canada right now? Not yet. I mean, if you think about the, the Canadian market, I've, I've uh, visited multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, as big as you know, a lot of news is coming out of Canada, especially through uh, M and A activities, capital injection activities. But if you look at the retail landscape, it, it hardly exists yet. Not you know yet. It right. went legalized, but from a, only an online ordering standpoint. Now there's some um, government-ran dispensaries uh, popping up, but few and far between the last time I visited and it wasn't too long ago. So we're not yet, but we're, we're, we have a keen eye on it. Uh, you know, we want to take what we're doing global um, and, and Canada is the first stop for us. Well, let me make well, a recommendation to our friends in the north of the border. Don't wait for John to come visit you. You can go visit him. Go visit him on the website, right? So <laughs> uh, real quickly, thank you. Uh, we got to run to a break, John, but we're going to come back with more questions for you. Again, I want to go and steer the conversation because I really want to talk about Again, the, the stigmatization of the cannabis industry when it comes to mainstream and just where culture and where the, you know, just media and just the portrayal and the representation is just so, so off and so, I mean, it's, it's so cross-eyed and it's just wrong. But I'm going to bring that up. But of course, I'll be the one that's very vocal about it. But I, I will only get your feedback on some of the questions I have. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. 
Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20. All spelled in caps as one word, Cannabis Radio 20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're talking stigmatization of the cannabis industry with John Yang, co-founder and CEO of Trees, T-R-E-E-Z dot I-O. John, welcome back. Really quickly, legitimizing the industry through innovative technologies and standardizing best practices is paramount to the success of cannabis as an industry. And that part explains the amount of executive and entrepreneurial talent that have made their way into the industry from a number of companies. I mean, of course, from yourself, you came from Oracle, but let me just talk about just some of the names just to give some context here. You had the former CEO of Overstock, Stormy Simon, and a number of names that have come out of Silicon Valley. Celebrities, profile names like Tommy Chong, Whoopi Goldberg, the former United States Speaker of the House, John Boehner, you got NFL stars, Kyle Turley, Marvin Washington, NBA, you have John Sally, Al Harrington, so on. So how do you think all these established, successful power players, present company, present company included, of course, are making a dent on the cannabis stigma, in your opinion, versus what the mainstream is putting out there and talking about those names once they enter the cannabis industry? Yeah, I think it's more and more validation when there's big names um, and small names uh, that pop up and are uh, either for cannabis or working in the cannabis or participating in the cannabis industry in one way or another. Uh, easy, easy example to cite for us as a software company is that we need to hire and we need to hire yep. developers, we need to hire customer success. Uh, and you would think us being based in the Silicon Valley that it's gonna be very competitive. It's very, when I came out of college, I think right. I got a job offer for 40,000. When you're a developer engineer these days, you come out and it's 100K or more. Wow. Um, so yeah. with Google near, right next to us, with Apple right next to us, it's very hard you would imagine to, to, to recruit talent, but Largely, people are, that are for the cannabis industry are really swarming to apply for some of our open positions because everybody here in our company are freedom fighters, right? Not everyone uh, in our company actually even partake in cannabis, but they have absolutely no problem with anybody else uh, having the freedom to partake uh, in cannabis. Uh, and so, therefore, this is a very attracting um, you know, destigmatizing, I, I would say, uh, factor for, for being and wanting to be in a cannabis industry. And that's what we're for. And I think with more and more reputable names jo- joining, uh, especially from, you know, athletes and uh, in, in, in sports, uh, it just for the millennials and the younger folks, it just teaches them that 
there isn't any issue with cannabis. In fact, there's only benefits. A lot of these athletes actually use cannabis to recover and to right. recoup. Um, and so the younger generation really are starting to, to see, it, see it in a different light. And, and I love that aspect. I think the older crowds that are coming out, guess what? You know, they used to be hippies. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they partook all, all day long. Um, and, and it's a, uh, as it's eye-catching once, you know, you get into maybe some investors, maybe it's some board members, uh, maybe, uh, you know, people in that type of age range coming out and saying, that's what I did when I was your age, you know, and I'm just glad that the, that the world's finally coming around, maybe not in mainstream media yet, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's only in due time. And now there are many people that are pillars of the industry that have been around for a long time. And then, of course, you, like you said, they are, are elder statesmen. And there are some that might not necessarily give the best representation. But I, I will admit, we absolutely have some great people from various organizations that are really taking the charge and really represent, you know, all together. And the problem is, you know, if they were presented on any television or any uh, interviews at all that a large mass audience would see, they would get, you know, it, it would just destroy and crumble any stereotypes whatsoever. Put a Keith drop a Steve D'Angelo, you know, whoever, put them in front of a camera, in front of a microphone and, you know, debate done right before it even starts. That's that kind of thing. But here's my, this is where it comes to this. I've been a journalist roughly, oh, I'm now I'm coming up on my 25th year in radio, off and on. And I've worked in broadcast media. I worked in TV news, so I saw what it was like doing that. Worked as newspapers, radio stations, until I got on the podcasting, and then eventually cannabis radio. So uh, for myself, this is just my own opinion. The, the state of the media today and basically being able to just find all the facts and figures and all the information that you need, it's becoming harder and harder. And, you know, the... The barrier that used to be between actual facts and news, who, what, when, where, and why, and the opinion editorial, you know, though that that's just now getting colluded. It is there's there's not even a division anymore. It's opinions just getting too much into the factual news, and then when I see, listen, I mean, I, I see what it must be like for some cable news outlet. They see, oh, you know what? We need to fill some time. We need something that fills five six minutes. Let's get this person on marijuana. This person. It doesn't mind if they come on board. They have some kind of credence. Let's get them on here to talk about, oh, but, you know, marijuana is bad for kids. They say marijuana. They don't say cannabis. So you already know that they're just looking to create an attack. And I just, I mean, just this week I saw something on a uh, particular channel, Fox News, I'm just saying. They had a guy on, and I don't want to say who it is, but again, they found somebody that was going to be agitated just by hearing this. And then they went ahead and they lost the debate because... You know, the passion got to them and they didn't handle it better. And there's just a way of representing yourself, anybody, when it comes to being able to be confronted in the media so that we have a chance, that platform, to speak to everyone, business owners, regular layman people. What do you think about what we can do to curb this, in some cases, embarrassing represent, representation by people that, and unfortunately, they take the, the, some of the progress backwards for what we're doing? Because they have never been media trained in the beta discourse, and therefore, they're easy bait for losing these kind of discussions. Is there, what do you think that can be done? Any kind of a united front we can give, representative body, anything you think of that needs to be done? Just that, or, or is there anything we can do? We just have to wait for time to tell. Well, I, I don't have an exact answer right. of what we could do to kind of uh, band together, but, but I can say this. Um, I think through media, um, and we could think of it as just online media, um, better representation of cannabis through the products, through the retailers uh, is one aspect. If you think about this, um, 
you used to not be able to order cannabis online, right? right. Now you can on some of the largest platforms from some of the largest players, and they're also representing the products in the best of light. They're educating the consumers mm-hmm. on its effects, its flavors, its lab results, its you know what what why it's recommended, what its origins are, uh, and that's much much better than just simply showing a picture of cannabis, right? Or showing mm-hmm. somebody smoking a blunt. Um, so with, with the with our retailers, they're using our platform, uh, online ordering platform specifically, to help educate the consumers. And when the consumers uh, start to see these products, they start to share it uh, among across their social media channels. Now they're showing it in the best of light, right? It's as you intended to be. <clears throat> excuse me. If you were to go into a dispensary and start to get educated on it, uh, so that's one way. Just more and more interaction with a more legitimized way of of uh, portraying cannabis uh, i think is is you know what i could come up with to that to that answer uh you're a trooper for taking my loaded question because that was very fully loaded and that and that's that's a hot button subject so i mean i appreciate you uh, answering that for me and giving giving towards the context i gave and, and like i said i'm not looking to put any words but i i just wanted to take a minute just to kind of just make my point across and see if there's from peers like you what can be done and if that's something i do want to ask that question to more people out there and that's something i constantly ask about on different trade show floors and on this very program so we're past that hurdle now let's go on to talking about some words of wisdom that you have talked about because this is not the only place you've been featured on we've i saw a number of q a's and i saw a number of uh, interviews that you were featured on and i want to ask you about a couple of things you've talked about uh First one I want to ask you about before we go to break. In a recent Q&A, you were asked, how can we as an industry continue to make a positive difference in society? Again, following off what I just asked, you said, quote, continue to push education on cannabis. If the general public is privy to the medicinal benefits of cannabis, they're more likely to see cannabis for what it is rather than a drug. Talk to me about the need for more education and how we can get people to open their eyes to the positives of cannabis. Yeah, our, our operators are doing that more and more through their content content team. And we're creating a platform that helps uh, really showcase that content in the best of light. Again, going back to the online ordering example, uh, the uh, online ordering example is where the consumers are first interacting, maybe for the very first time uh, with cannabis. Uh, and again, no longer are they only looking at a picture, they're looking at more details, but the operators and the brands and, and, the, and the supply chain are coming up with videos that walks through the journey of a particular string of a particular product. Uh, not just that it's you know priced as such, and here's a picture. They curate about a five to 10 minute video and some of the, mm-hmm. some of the best operators out there, and they're taking you through where it came from, its origins, it, as it goes through this supply side, as it goes through production, and then finally lands in front of their door. That's where you know the origins of the product that you're looking at, uh, and it's educating them along the way, you know, what medicinal benefits or other benefits it brings to you potentially. So um, that is one way that we're helping to to encourage our operators to push education uh, to their uh, customer base. And that base is growing vastly uh, in a rapid pace. We are here with John Young, uh, John Yang, excuse me, the CEO and co-founder of Trees, T-R-E-E-Z.io. We're going to get to you with more Final questions, actually, here on Blunt Business, here on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. 
Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions with John Yang, CEO and co-founder of Trees.io. So we have been talking pretty extensively about the, the stigmatization of cannabis. And really importantly, more than anything else, we see just inside companies, you know, all different cannabis-owned companies. I'm curious about what your company culture is like. Now, tech is known for being innovative with company culture, and cannabis is a culture-based industry. Um, now, this is a, another from another article that I read uh, where you were also another Q&A. So they said this, and they were saying, if they imagine if the union of the two would make for an interesting environment. So you had said software is interesting in itself when it comes to culture. And then when you add cannabis, it does really get interesting. I think the image people get in their heads when you talk about cannabis software is that we all take bong rips at 11 a.m. and we roll in on skateboards with our dogs in tow and write some code. (laughs) Well, it's not like that. You say we're a tight family. Our secret sauce is that we are all extremely passionate about our customers and the industry. I've got some great, brilliant folks working for me, and I'm grateful for that every day, end quote. Talk to me about the balance of keeping that company culture fun, exciting, and welcoming versus when your staff has to be confronted. They have the tightrope, that that fine line to avoid that constant cannabis stigma in front of business owners or the general public. Um, Yeah, I I mean, we're transitioning from a family culture to a mission-oriented culture Mm -hmm. uh, that carries a lot of responsibilities. Uh, Again, if you think about it, our software is helping legitimize uh, cannabis retailers across the nation, uh, and you need to do that with professionalism, right? There is a time for relaxation, there's a time for socializing, but that time is outside of work hours. So there's nobody in our company that partakes in cannabis during work hours, but afterwards, 
you know, as you make friends with some of our customers, do what you will. That's very social environment. It's a very small industry. It's a very small niche. Uh, we should band together and we should form uh, more and more in larger groups. Um, but with, with the, the vision culture of let's get the job done right, you're not going to get the job done 100% if you're under the influence of any sorts, not just cannabis, could be alcohol, right? Um, but act with professionalism, get the job done right. Compliance is very, very important. Do not mistake uh, any steps. Do not you know, miseducate our customers in the use of our software. Uh, and this is what you know, I mentioned this earlier. Our, our folks that works at Trees, they're freedom fighters. They fully believe in that. Not everybody partakes, but they fully support uh, the use of cannabis, and that's why they're, they're, they're part of uh, the journey with me. Excellent. Love to hear that. And again, the change to mission uh, to, to for mission base is, is very important. And, uh, you know, you can still I think there's a, a good way to kind of show where that company culture comes out. And then so everybody comes approachable and that's fun and it's exciting. And so for people that want to go work at, at a, you know, in an outfit like yours or they get to see you in person and they get to see, you know, just good everyday people, just good, honest, everyday people that are just looking to make money and looking to, you know, like you said, on a mission. Finally, I want to just give a chance for listeners to go ahead and find out how can they learn more about uh, what you're doing? How can cannabis owners connect with your team and jump on your team's platform? Absolutely. Uh, come to trees.io, spelled T-R-E-E-Z dot I-O, uh, and come take a look at If you want to take uh, maybe an interest in becoming and joining Trees uh, as employee, as an engineer, as a customer success, as a sales, mm-hmm. take a look at our angel list, which you can find as a career page under our website. Uh, but come, come, you know, come chat with us, come talk to us. We're showing up in more and more uh, cannabis trade shows and events. So I think the next one we'll be at is Canacon up in Seattle, Washington. Nice. Um, so there's seemingly a, a conference event every week now. It used to be once a month. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking to participate taking more and more so again john yang again ceo and co-founder of trees.io thank you again so much for joining us here on blunt business thank you so much for having me jorge and again uh, remember the website is treez.io if you want to learn more information now for all of you listeners as well if you're looking to get your foot in the door of the cannabis industry as well as entrepreneurs looking to start their own marijuana business by all means check out strainwise consulting go to their website www.strainwiseconsulting.com make sure you tell them that We talked about it with you on Blunt Business. Thanks for joining us. You can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.